All right. Welcome back, all you jive turkeys. It's Thanksgiving week. <laughs> Hope you guys have a great one. This is the Blue Brothers Sportscast. And uh, we are releasing our preview episode a day early because of the holiday. We hope that you all have a good week. That you're able to have some time off, spend it with friends or families or however you want to. And uh, we hope that it goes well. If you're traveling, that you have a safe trip. Thankfully, I do not have to go really anywhere for the Thanksgiving holiday anymore. Brandon, you, do you go anywhere? Do you go? No, we have Thanksgiving at my house. Ooh, nice. Yeah. nice. Is that the first time? No, this will be, oh man, the fourth time? Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, back in the day, we used to go to uh, Kentucky. That wow. Was, yeah, that was a, <laughs> a pain. So. Did you have KFC instead of turkey? Nah, no. <laughs> um, sometimes I think they may have done a like chicken casserole, which is like awesome. Like one of my favorite dishes that my uh, grandmother used to make. Um, I, I don't know. Did we do that on Thanksgiving maybe one time? I'm not sure. But down south, anybody and everybody would probably know. They really go overboard with the food. So there was never a shortage and the thing until goodness, I can't remember when she passed away, but until her dying days, my grandmother would always expect that my brother and I would eat like serving after serving because as she would always say, we're growing boys, even when we were like almost 30 and it's like, thanks, Grandma, but you realize that we're just getting fat at this point. <laughs> uh, I mean, how much more could you guys grow? Because you're both like, what, 6'3"? Yeah, no, I'm 6'3", he's 6'2". Yeah, we were just like, no, we're, we're good. We're good, Grandma, thanks. It's like she was expecting expecting you to show up one year just like the size of Shaq. <laughs> I know, right? Where's turkey? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, she did have uh, a few uh, big guys in her family. Actually, um, the oh man, is he the last one? Yeah, one of the last ones. And I swear, dude, like one thing that I've heard, sorry, weird, random thing to mention here, but one thing that I've heard is that when you get old, you always have to make sure that you just be active. And this dude's like 80, I don't know what, and still working on his farm. And he's always looked, for for years and years, I always remembered, he looked really old for his age. But now mm-hmm. it's kind of like caught up to him. But he hasn't aged for like a decade. <laughs> That's the way those farmers are, dude. They're complete machines. Yeah, and he's just like, oh man, he's like a tree trunk. Uh, just like solid, you know, can't knock the guy down. He could probably, I feel like he could lift the front of a car or something just so crazy, <laughs> but it's been a little while. It's been a couple years actually now since I've seen him because I haven't made it to the family reunions, but anyways, yeah, there, there you go, folks. If you want to become grow strong and big, just have 15 servings at Thanksgiving. That'll do the trick. <laughs> But uh, I think, um, yeah, we just jump right on into things. So we're going to be picking things up with Lions football here in just a second. Brandon, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's that? Do you consider yourself a thankful person? A grateful uh, person? Yeah I, would, yeah, I would say so. Are you thankful for the Detroit Lions? I am thankful for the Lions being so bad that when something slightly less worse happens, I'm grateful for that. 
Well put, well put. Where I could, you know, on Thanksgiving, I could burn the turkey or um, completely destroy everything, and it would still be the second biggest letdown of the day. Nice, yes. They, they give you that little, like, uh, area of uh, grace because you know that something worse is going to be coming later. That That's that's very nice. Well played. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's Thanksgiving. You guys know the drill. Last year it was on CBS, so that means this year it's on Fox. Um, they get the 12.30 kickoff like normal. Playing the Bears for, like, the 10 trillionth time in my life, I think. <laughs> it seems like they play the, you know, the Bears – or the Packers, like every single year on Thanksgiving. I really wish it would switch it up because I'm getting tired of watching them play the the Bears and the Packers all the time. Uh, you know, other than the one year that we played Peyton Manning and the Colts and got completely throttled on national TV because that was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm really expecting Jeff Driscoll to start again. I, I just can't see Stafford playing at all the rest of the season. Um, hearing rumors too that after the Bears game there might be some changes on the Lions coaching staff <sighs> I'm really just expecting it to be Paul Pasqualone the defensive coordinator um, if you guys don't know who he is he's the old man with the glasses that always looks super confused on the sideline <laughs> nice um, he looks like that cranky old gym teacher that that's basically like a drill sergeant um i'm expecting him to go if if anybody's going i really can't see matt patricia going so i think he at least gets one more season uh lions have a lot of injuries you know it's kind of a short week this week you know having to play uh thursday morning so you know i'm hoping some of those guys come back i'm not really expecting all of them to but you know, hopefully we can get some of the key guys back that we need. Uh, Frank Reich now being one of them, the center. Uh, it'd be nice to see Deshaun Hand come back. But he's been banged up all season. It's really been kind of disappointing because um, he played so well last year. You know, hopefully maybe next season he can get back on track and play as good as he did his first season. Um, Man, I don't really know what else to say. Uh, I feel like we just did a preview for the Bears not too long ago. Uh, you know, same same thing with them. You know, solid defense. You know, Khalil Mack on a defense. Uh, he's been kind of struggling the last few weeks. Hasn't done anything in a while. I'm kind of expecting that to change. Uh, you know, on offense, they've got Mitchell Trubisky. They've got David Montgomery, the running back. Got Allen Robinson, uh, wide receiver. Uh, you know, last time I said they, they were struggling to kind of find their groove. They really haven't done much since playing the Lions. So, you know, I'm kind of expecting the same as what we got the last time. I'm not really expecting the Lions to win this game. They haven't really showed me anything. Um, I got kind of like an outlook of what I think is going to happen the rest of the season. I'll give that kind of towards the end when we're doing our picks and stuff. Uh yeah, I'll get that on record, and we'll see how it plays out here for you guys. Um, I mean, other than that, not too much else to say. Uh, you have anything to add? Um, yeah, like, holy crap. I didn't realize that the Lions and the Cowboys have essentially played on Thanksgiving Day every single year since 1970. Oh, yeah. And I the Lions have been doing it longer. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Lions they... were the original thanksgiving day game yes and also they took um the cowboys took two years off in uh 75 and 77 but i i just did not realize wow and uh the third game wasn't added until 2006 yep so and the lines have always been the early game at uh 12 30 and then the cowboys they usually play you know 3 30 four o'clock right around there. Um, and it's funny because you can find errors in TV shows where they're talking about, um, you know, having the, 
watching the the game while they're eating. Well, I, I don't know what time you eat Thanksgiving dinner, but I feel like a lot of people have like kind of like a lunch. Mm-hmm. They eat dinner at like one o'clock. Um, they're like, oh, watching a Cowboys game. And like, okay, well, either you eat it for dinner or like, there was one I was watching the other night, a show. I can't remember what it was now. But they're, oh, it was the, it was the Goldbergs. And it was a Thanksgiving episode. And they're talking about how the Eagles uh, beat the Cowboys like a double overtime or something like that. And the dad missed the game and he was ticked off and they still haven't eaten dinner. And it was like still daylight out. I'm like, okay, you know, the Cowboys game is not going to get over until like 7 o'clock. You know, because the Eagles are playing at Cowboys. When not get over until 7 o'clock. You know, I don't know about how it is because it's supposed to be like in, in Philadelphia area. So I'm assuming, you know, it, it gets dark around 4.35 o'clock like it does here in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that my wife's like, yeah, you're probably the only person that thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah, long time tradition in Detroit to play the early game on Thanksgiving. Yeah, they um so Detroit is uh has thirty seven wins and forty losses um on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day. So that's lovely. Odds are not in their favor. They have uh they're in the bottom section of the um win loss for the day well there are plenty of other teams that have done better <laughs> oh yeah they probably could... played the lions yeah no kidding right <laughs> so many teams are 500 or above and then the lions are interestingly enough though the uh, green bay packers don't do very well on Thanksgiving Day, that's like I always I do remember that. I always kind of seemed like if the lines were gonna, I mean, as far back as I remember, I mean, I haven't been watching as much as you do, but it just seemed like the Thanksgiving Day game was the one where when the lines were really bad, where it's just like, ah, uh, you never know what's gonna happen. Maybe they're gonna win. Yeah, well, it's like when we were kids, you know, in the '90s and early 2000s, the Lions did go on a run there where they pretty much won every single Thanksgiving. Yeah. So man, how uh, that bad was kind of that? the one game where it's like, okay, well, you know, the Lions usually play well on Thanksgiving, but you know, maybe in the the seventies and they're pretty terrible. Uh, the early eighties, you know, when all they had was Billy Sims at <laughs> running back. So, and I, I remember my dad telling me there was one time they played the Giants and Lawrence Taylor like completely destroyed the Lions' offense like by himself. <laughs> he even like ended the game with a like a 60-yard interception for a touchdown or something like that. Ridiculous. And I, he he sacked Gary Danielson with one hand. <laughs> I've actually seen that replay. He was getting blocked by the defensive or by the, the tackle, and he just reached around the tackle, grabbed Danielson by the back of the jersey, and pulled him over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old Lions history there. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, with the state of the Lions, I'm not really expecting much. I mean, it is going to be a home game for them. Uh, I I don't see anything really going well. Yeah, there's there's going to be some bad teams that Detroit's going to play that they're going to have an opportunity to win games. But with some like this, I mean, with Chicago, I I don't really see this going well for them at all. Of course, you know, I, I say it week in week out. I mean, they'll they'll give you hope they'll keep it close i mean they'll fight back for a chance to to tie it because i can't remember the last time that they were really fighting for a chance to actually win mm-hmm. but um but yeah they'll they'll probably keep it close because they know how to do that somehow but they don't know how to win so yeah rerun of last time so yay lines but yeah, it'll be. I don't know. It's a. I at the same time, you know, as frustrating and discouraging as Lions football can be as uh, overall, it's just kind of an enjoying thing to be able to watch football on Thanksgiving. Um, actually, for me, I particularly like it because we spent Thanksgiving with my in-laws' family, and it's like a big thing for them. So a lot of people are there, and I just mm-hmm. kind of 
hang out by myself and watch the game. Like other people are watching the game too, but it's a, it's a large enough room that I'm kind of like just there and everybody else is doing their thing and I'm like watching the game. So mm-hmm. it's like my safe spot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll have uh, predictions later and everything. Uh, anything to add before predictions or? No, not really much to say. I mean, at this point in the season, with how the their record's going and everything. <laughs> All right. Onwards and upwards then. On to Michigan football. Ladies and gents, this is it. This is the end of the regular season for the college of football. I mean, I guess there is the Army-Navy game afterwards, but anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, it is, uh, since we don't have the college football playoff rankings yet, we have in the AP poll, number 10, Michigan, hosting number two, Ohio State. Right now, rather surprisingly, Michigan is just an underdog by nine points. Mm. I am surprised by this. Me too. Because uh, what? Weren't they like 19 against? I feel like weren't they 19 against Penn State? Something yeah, like that, that sounds about right. Um, so uh, closer than, than I thought. I thought it was going to be like 13 and a half. I kind of thought that's what it was going to be. Yeah, I think you said that last week, too. Yeah, so... Um, it is... Uh, well, I almost... Uh, we, we can go into some of the details and everything. I mean, anybody who's anybody who's a Michigan fan is probably familiar with a lot of this stuff. But... Um, Ohio State has just been dominant. They have mm-hmm. been putting up a ton of points, shutting down all their opponents. Um, they have been averaging just under 50 points a game. They have only allowed just over 10 points a game on average. These are the average. They're averaging 530 yards per game. Offensively, uh, pretty even actually. Two hundred forty, uh, just under two hundred fifty for passing, just over two hundred eighty for rushing. Um, and they are only allowing over two hundred yards from their opponents, and they allow more passing yards than rushing yards. So I mean, just dominant all over the boards. Uh, Players leading at their positions, obviously Justin Fields uh, has broken 2,300 passing yards. He's got 33 touchdowns and one interception. Just nonsense. Um, J.K. Dobbins rushing the ball has is just under 1,500 yards. Uh, he's got 15 total touchdowns. <clears throat> and their leading receiver, uh, Olave, as uh, 637 yards with 10 touchdown receptions. So um, just, I mean, they're putting up crazy numbers. And these are, a lot of the times, you know, I mean, the starters are coming out in the at least in the third quarter. Um, I don't know how often they played in the fourth quarter. I know when they were playing against Penn State, it was a little bit different because it was a closer game. Mm-hmm. So... But they are uh, obviously undefeated, So we've been saying. They have, however, I mean, whatever you might want to chalk it up to. I don't know if I would say that it's that important or anything. But they have played all of their tough games at home. Um, I mean, not any of them are super crazy tough, but 
Um, they played Penn State last week at home. They won it 28 to 17. They played Wisconsin at home uh, and they won 38 to 7. I mean, gosh, that was like the reverse of what happened to Mich- with Michigan playing Wisconsin. Um, those are their big- biggest games. Um, the most points that they have allowed are 21 points. Oddly enough, that's Florida Atlantic and Rutgers. <laughs> that have yeah, both... I noticed that today. Yeah, so I don't I don't know what to make of that, but okay. So I mean just this is we've talked about it before, we've talked about it through the years and everything. Oh, actually, you know what? Okay, sorry. Hold on. We have a voicemail. I, I I like doing voicemails at the beginning. I don't like keeping them towards that. So before we get too far, let me make sure to share our moment of sounds with with Stephen as I uh, pull this up because we've got his voicemail. He'll uh, maybe talk a little bit about the Indiana game, but I'm pretty sure because um, I don't listen to these things beforehand that uh, most of his content is for the Ohio State game coming up. So I will get this playing. We'll get moving. Right. Um, the, the great part about college football season is that it has to start, and we're all excited, especially late August and early September. But not so great part is that it comes to an end. Um, after October, it's like, man. So we've gotten to the game, the last game, Michigan versus Ohio State. Now, if you let the fans of Ohio State and the pundits and BSPN tell it, Chase Young is going to win the Heisman in this game. Ohio State's unstoppable. This is their best team ever, which it isn't. But they're, they're just so balanced, which they're not. They haven't really beaten a whole lot of good teams. Uh, Michigan uh, caught on too late. Uh, you know, Ryan Day is just the next great coach. You know, if you let the pundits tell it, Michigan might have a 5% chance of winning, but it's still a failure because they didn't win the Big Ten East, especially Michigan State fans. I mean, they're just so salty that they're trash, but moving right along. Indiana was supposed to be a trap game. It wasn't. It was a trap. It was, it was a trap for Indiana. Um, and, and Michigan shouldn't even show up Saturday. All the more reason I really think Michigan's going to beat these guys. Nico Collins, I've been saying it for years, he's the ultimate mismatch. What took Josh Gaddis so long to get him the ball, I have no idea. What took him so long to get Donovan the ball, I have no idea. Running is cool. <clears throat> Running is nice. But good grief, man. When you have a first-round, two first-round potential wide receivers and a, and a pretty good wide receiver in Tariq who's likely going to come back and dominate next year, you get them the ball. Now, I will say this. I don't know who's going to have to account for Chase Young Saturday. I, don't, I have no idea, but I do know, I do know that whoever it is, Chase Young is a human being. He bleeds like everybody else. His blood is not any thicker. He doesn't. He's not Black Panther. He doesn't have vibranium in his system. That person just needs to block. They don't have to have the game of their life. Just block the dude. You give Chase two or three seconds, as we've seen, he's going to light you up. So. 10 and 2 is going to look good to end the regular season. Like ending the season with the win over Ohio State 10 and 2, possibly going to 11 and 2 after the bowl game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not nervous at all. I don't want any Michigan fans, although I know what's going to happen talking about well. I'm just so nervous about to get go, go root for Vanderbilt. You don't have to be nervous then. But Michigan's going to win this game. I have all confidence in this team. They're going to win this game for the seniors, for the fans, for themselves. Have all confidence. Love the show. Keep doing what y'all doing. Man, go blue. It's all this weekend. All right. Steven, thank you for the voice uh for the voicemail. Sorry the beginning got cut just a little bit. Um, but yeah, so all we've got all the confidence from Steven coming in here, Brandon. Yeah, um man, I wish I was as um confident as he is. What's uh, this game? <laughs> what's your what's your percentage up to? 
What's what's your percent? Well, I told you a couple weeks ago my percentage was one percent, one percent chance. Um, I mean, after that Indiana game, it went up a little bit, but not much. And I told you today it was probably around two percent. <laughs> I'm not ruling it out. I really hope we do win. I would love that. Um, you know, I'd love to see nothing more than the Michigan come out and you know give Ohio State their first loss and show yeah. everybody that. You know, they are human. They're not, like, incredible or anything. But at the same time, I don't know, just one of those show-me-don't-tell-me yeah. things. Um, every single year, I they come into this game, and I'm like, you know, we got a chance. And then I get excited. And, like, last year, with that garbage last year, it just, oh, my God, it just killed me. And then... You know, the year before that was what it was, and then the the whole Phantom first down from from JT Barrett. That that game was probably a, that one probably made me angrier than any game I think I've ever watched. I not even just Michigan, like we're talking Lions as well. Mm-hmm. That made me angrier than the Lions game playoff game against the Cowboys with the no call pass yeah. interference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I, you know, I would love to see Michigan beat Ohio State, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't just say that they're going to win. No, I'm, I'm on your side with the whole show me, don't tell me thing. And so this isn't like, um, and I know that Steven was saying, you know, I don't want people to be nervous. And it's just like, Honestly, like, and I feel that this is the same with you. It's like, I'm not nervous. It's just like, it's just not good. Like, I mean, Ohio State has been doing what they're doing. And yes, Michigan's been doing well. But I mean, and I don't really look at it so much as a thing of, oh, Ohio State's beaten Michigan so many times. It's more of the thing of kind of like a big part of this too, especially when you get into games like this is game plan. And we thought that last year was going to be a good game plan. But they got completely destroyed. So it's just kind of like, where should where should the confidence come from? Like, yeah, there are good mm-hmm. things going on for Michigan. Michigan is um, on a streak. So is Ohio State. Um, and I love what Steven was saying about Nico Collins and the whole passing game because I was like, on, when he was saying it, I honestly was just kind of like, I had my hands in the air. I was like, preach, man. You know, talk about it. Because I've been all about that, where it's just like, you know, use your weapons how you, um, how it's needed. You know, or, mm-hmm. you know, use your good players. Anyways, but I am definitely way beyond you with your, like, your 2% thing. I'm thinking of it kind of like a, an 80-20 thing. Um, because... Um, you know, I th- I think things are going pretty well for Michigan. But, yeah, that's the things where it's just like at, at a certain degree, too, it's not just about the athletes. It, it's about the game prep. And so, again, it's not a nervous thing, but it's just like we've had four years um, with Harbaugh and his sna- – and, like, yes, while the staff has changed and adjusted and things like that, it still comes down to him leading things, game plan, of course – coaching personnel changes and play player personnel changes, but there has been nothing through those four years that has made me think they know how to game plan well enough to be able to overcome the gap that we are seeing between Michigan and Ohio state right now. Yeah. Um, are, are, is Michigan capable of winning this game? Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. totally, uh, they're, they're not, this is not one of those Michigan teams where it's just like, there's no way that they could win this game. Could they win this game? Absolutely. Are odds in their favor? Absolutely not. Um, but it's just, uh, uh, this, the stage that we have said, uh, and we've said it through the entire, uh, through most of the season, it's show me, don't tell me like until you can show me, you know, if this was, you know, 2016 and how that season went 
the team that that was and it was, you know, whatever and everything, it'd be a little bit different. But it's just like there, there's a big gap there and all. But I don't know. I'm kind of repeating myself over and over again. So uh, obviously one of the big question marks about the game is defense because even though Michigan had a pretty good defense last year, they got completely exposed. They were completely embarrassed, and it was absolutely awful when they let Ohio State beat them 62-39. to So something um, interesting that I got uh, – a part in a part of today was a conversation about how Don Brown usually will kind of seek his revenge on bad losses from the previous season. So in 2016, his first season, the three losses for Michigan, like still like that season, just like, Oh, it it hurts, man. Uh, The three losses were a combination of five total points in three games. Um, so he didn't really like, honestly, like from a defensive standpoint, it's just like, dude, you, I mean, how, how do you improve from that? You know? Um, so in two, but if you go to 2017, um, Michigan lost to Michigan state 14 to 10, Michigan lost to Penn state 42 to 13 beat down right there. Uh, Michigan lost to Wisconsin 24 to 10. And then Michigan lost to Ohio state 31 to 20. It was a bad year for Michigan, but there were there were a couple of really poor defensive performance performances there in 2017. So you go a year later to 2018, uh, the Michigan defense then, led by Don, Don Brown, when they played Michigan State again, they only allowed seven points and they held them to 94 yards. When they played Penn State, they held them to seven points, only allowed 186 yards. When they played Wisconsin, they only allowed 13 total points and 283 yards. Uh, and then the 2018 losses were Notre Dame, or regular season losses were Notre Dame and Ohio State, uh, 24 to 17, and obviously the 62 to 39. In 2019, uh, he kind of avenged that loss with only allowing Notre Dame with 14 points and 180 total yards. And we have yet to see how Ohio State turns out. So he has a reputation for, you know, wanting to correct past mistakes. Um, so I'm a little optimistic that, you know, obviously he saw what didn't work last year. He's seen some of the shortcomings with the defense. We've seen some things throughout the season on how they have adjusted to, uh, defend the crossing routes. Still, it's a concern, not quite as huge glaring concern as it was before. Um, but obviously a lot of questions with the defense, I feel like there's more questions around or more focus and concern maybe around the defense for Michigan than the offense. Um, Not saying that the Michigan offense is going to have an easy day with Ohio state uh, defense, but I feel like there are more options and more opportunities for the Michigan offense than there are for the Michigan defense. If that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of really feel like this game is going to come down to um, Michigan, the Michigan defense focusing on shutting down the run and pressuring the quarterback so that they can keep doing what they're, they've been doing, where they are known for, we are going to disrupt, disrupt you fast enough so that you can't pass the ball to your receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, it's worked for most of the part through the season. They have had their obvious complete breakdowns like that um Penn State pass to um uh what is it Hamler? Hamlin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Hamill. What um uh, KJ Hamler. Yeah, thank you, Hamler. And uh there was an obvious complete breakdown in that. Um fortunately since then nothing like that has really happened where there was a complete breakdown, but still the possibility of that is very real, and Michigan cannot allow that. Michigan has to play as perfect of a game as possible to have any chance of beating Ohio State in this. Um, I'm going to say that if Ohio State scores 30 points or more, Michigan's probably going to lose. 
they really the defense really needs to be able to shut them down. If this becomes uh, a shootout, I don't see Michigan being able to end on top in any real scenario. It's uh, to kind of go back with this. It actually really reminds me a lot of 2016 because I made this same prediction where it was just like the way that the teams lined up and the way that things looked. I said, if Ohio State scores more than 30 points, I predict that Michigan will lose this game. I predicted that they were going to win. That was going to be something like 28 to 24 or something like that. But it, that was the overtime game. That was the 2016 uh, game. That was the JT was short game. The final score was 31 to 20. And, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no, sorry. I read the wrong score. But they wound up scoring uh, just over 30 points. Or, no, was it 30 points exactly? I thought I, I thought I had that written down, but that was wrong. But anyway, so I'm feeling a lot of that um, this year as well, where it's just like this has to be a good defensive performance by Michigan. If it's not a two-possession game going into the fourth quarter, if it's not 14 points or less, um, I think it's if it's done for Michigan. I don't see how that they could come back from something like that. Uh, we've right. had the conversations uh, periodically about, you know, how well will Ohio State um, be able to play a full game? We saw it a little bit with the Penn State game that they had a relatively close game. Their starters were out there the whole time. Um, so, I mean, they can obviously do it. So we'll have to see kind of how that goes. Um, quickly to correct what I said just earlier, uh, it was 30 to 27. What's that score in 2017? Um, so, yeah, that was the uh, – they scored 30 points exactly. So, But, yeah, I – so many things have to go right for Michigan. Now, may, maybe this is it. Maybe this is, like, the year that the game plan has just come together. Maybe Gaddis has some different things that he's been able to prepare. And maybe um, – Don Brown has been able to make some adjustments. Uh, maybe. I'm not saying that it's impossible. Again, Michigan can win this game. But it's obviously not going to be easy. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of things have to go their way. Um, you got to expect like, pretty much a flawless game by Patterson. Oh, you know, some big plays from the receivers, um, maybe even the run game. You got to try to, I wouldn't say stop Chase Young, because I don't know if that's possible. Um, but you got to be able to slow him down at least. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, Michigan is going to have to try to cause some turnovers, I think. And like you mentioned earlier, that Fields only has one interception all yeah. season. So... <laughs> Good luck, I guess. Mm-hmm. But no, like he, you said, there he, hmm? he fumbled a lot. I think last game. Really? Yeah, I'll have to check that out. But yeah, go ahead, keep going. Um. Oh man, now I lost my train of thought. Thanks. Oh uh, no. Nah. <laughs> he he only had one interception. So good luck with that. That's what you ended with. So. Yeah. Um. Man, I don't know. They're gonna. I don't know. Michigan's gonna have to try to cause some turnovers. They got to get something somewhere. Um, maybe hold them to a couple three and outs. It's it's gonna be a difficult game. But like you said, if they're gonna have a chance to win, then they're gonna have to play almost perfect. Yeah, yeah. Against Penn State, Justin Fields had three fumbles and they lost two. Mm. So granted, there was a. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he had a. Um, he got banged up a little bit, and I think it was his left hand was a little messed up. Um, yeah. So that may have contributed to it and everything. So, yeah, like, honestly, it's one of those things where Justin Fields has not had to be uncomfortable at all, really. And right. so that is going to be the best bet for Michigan. If they can disrupt... Justin Fields, that will give them a shot. Um, 
Like they need to make him uneasy. They need to make like the, the toughest thing about it is if you disrupt him in the pocket, then you leave yourself vulnerable for him running it, which is some of the things I've done. And he's torched some defenses. So like they need, they, they need to do one without letting the other happen. So that's, that's going to be kind of like the tough part. Like, okay, how are you going to, how are you going to spot this guy? How are you going to, you know, put, put a spy on him and everything? I don't know what their game plan is with that. Um, but even to what you said, even from the offensive standpoint, you know, Chase Young, you got to count for Chase Young. Uh, the mm-hmm. dude is a beast and worthy of the Heisman, uh, being a Heisman candidate. And they have just, Michigan offensively will have to be, in the passing game, will have to be quick. Everything will have to be um, quick for such a huge majority of the game because I, I don't know what they can do. If, I mean, unless basically every time they snap the ball, the first thing Shea does is look at Chase Young, and if he's coming in, it's just like you have a dump option. Um, and then if he's not coming, then, okay, you have a moment to try to get a progression going, going through your progressions. Because if they, if they don't, like, if they give him any opportunity, I, I do not see it ending well. I mean, he missed two games. He is, he's been on fire all season. Ohio State's, Ohio State hates Michigan. Michigan doesn't like Ohio State, but I have yet to see a time where it feels like Michigan hates Ohio State. This is a perfect time for it to happen, for it to be obvious. And as it's been stated in some things, like some of the seniors, you know, like they've talked about, you know, how it felt last year, how they want to finish this year. Like, okay, you cannot win the Big Ten title. There is almost like 0.01 percent chance of you getting into the college football playoff like essentially a, a bomb would have to go off of like all these <laughs> other teams losing um <clears throat> so there is almost next to nothing that they have um for this senior class okay yeah sure you beat michigan state in back-to-back years you had emba- two embarrassing losses at the end of last year you had an embarrassing loss to wisconsin this year and it's just like so what what do you want to be able to remember about your college career like th- this is what it comes down to and this is a perfect opportunity for them to be able to say we finally beat ohio state we beat a top two team ohio state we beat an undefeated team of ohio state we beat one of the best ohio state teams um put together in recent memory um i'm not an expert but it is definitely one of their best teams in recent memory um, and so like, this would be not just a capstone for their senior season. I mean, this would be like the capstone on Harbaugh's first five years at Michigan. Yeah. So, I mean, the, one of the worst things too, would be able to allow the incoming coach of Ohio state to come in and beat Michigan right away again. I mean, it's happened. I don't know how many times it's happened. I could probably look it up and tell you. That I mean, the first year for Ohio State coaches. I mean, of course they haven't gone through very many because they hold on, they keep them forever. But yeah, I mean, th- this is an opportunity for them. Can they do it? Absolutely. Will they do it? You know, they they just got to show us. I mean, there's not a ton to go off of. Uh, something else here to share real quick. Some other numbers I had. The this stout Ohio State defense. The most passing yards that they've allowed this season was actually against Michigan State. That's 218 passing yards. The most rushing yards that they allowed was against Nebraska, and that was 184. Uh, the total yards, though, they have not allowed a team to break 300 yards this season. Michigan wow. State put up 285. Cincinnati put up 273. Those were the two closest. Uh, Wisconsin didn't even break 200. So, I mean, like so, some of these things, um, Penn State barely broke 200. So, I mean, Michigan is going to have to be productive. And if they want to win, they're probably going to have to be the first team to be able to put up 300 yards on Ohio State. So just just a lot going into it. Am I excited for it? Yes. Am I going to watch it and, you know, still root for them, expecting that they can win? Yes. Um 
am I expecting them to actually win? We will get that it get to that in the predictions. But what uh, do you have any other uh, thoughts or anything or? No, I kind of feel the same as you. Um, no, don't know really what to expect. Um, trying to be positive, <laughs> a little difficult. Uh, like you said, though, you know, I'll try to watch as much as I can um, because we got family stuff going on on Saturday. Um, but I'll definitely be following the game in one, you know, way, shape, or form. Uh, I will be rooting for Michigan, obviously. Um, and you know, I hope they can do it. That's all I can say. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Uh, it will be interesting to say the least. And so we've got plenty to say then here, um, as we've got to bring up our final predictions and thoughts. Um, gonna do it a little bit differently. Uh, I'm gonna save. Um, the final predictions for the last thing that we talk about. Okay. So uh, we got to do our locks. Um, I've got the Big Ten, and you, of course, Brandon, have the NFL. So I was having a little bit of a hard time with mine because Iowa is a six-point favorite against Nebraska, and Nebraska has been trash. But then Indiana is only a seven-point favorite against Purdue. So, uh, do I have more faith in Iowa or do I have more faith in Indiana? Six points against Nebraska. I think I, I, I man, I think I gotta take that. I, Iowa and Nebraska. I don't know. I feel like Iowa sometimes screws things up at the end of the season, but I think I'm gonna go with Iowa. I'll take Iowa covering. Um, the uh, negative six spread against uh, Nebraska. So, uh, what uh, what do you have for your NFL then? Um, the one I was really looking at, and you know, a lot of controversy last time these two teams played. Uh, it's the Browns and the Steelers. Right now, the Browns are a two point favor over the the Steelers. It's kind of a tough one to pick, but I really can see the Browns covering that because the Steelers have so many injuries to skill players. You know, Roethlisberger over the season, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster wasn't able to go this past week. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he was banged up. He was able to play. He was actually bleeding from the ear last game yeah. from a concussion. <laughs> um. You know, James Conner, he's been banged up a lot. Benny Snell, the backup running back, has been banged up a lot. So I can't really see the Steelers beating the Browns. So I I think the Browns are going to cover that two points. Okay. Okay, Browns covering negative two-point spread. All right, so then that will take us into our questions of the week. And I will... Uh, how about you start with Lions? What's what's your Lions okay. question of the week? Um, will Bo Scarborough finally break 100 yards rushing? He had 98 last week at the Redskins. So will he... Break 100 yards versus the Bears. And what say you? I say no. Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> was going to go with no as well. So, yeah, things. If it was a different team, I'd say maybe. But the Bears got a decent thing going with their defense. Um, can't say so much about their offense. But, yeah, I'm going to go with no. Right. Uh, so, for the Michigan question of the week this week, uh, I'm going to go with... Who will have more passing touchdowns, Patterson or Fields? Um, I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Patterson. Okay. I'll take Fields. Uh, okay. I'm trying to make some ground here on you. 
Um, yeah, it, it's kind of a tough one. I'm going to bank on Michigan not getting burned uh, with the big pass plays, but they might uh, still fields might still be able to do it when they get close. But I have a feeling that they might uh, each team might have to kind of grind their way down the field and then get close, and then they'll probably punt it in. And so <clears throat> I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. So. All right, that will then bring us to the main events, the score predictions. Uh, we all should be so excited for the Lions playing the Bears on Thanksgiving Day. It is going to be the biggest shootout you have seen in your life <laughs> because these are two juggernaut offenses. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So the Lions are the underdog at home. Um, the Bears are actually favored by two and a half points. And the over-under is 39, which is relatively low for a spread. So, um, Brandon, take it away with your prediction. I'm expecting the Bears to win 20 to 13. 20 to 13 Bears win Bears The Bears The Bears um, I am going to go with sure, 21 2 Man, you, you took 13. <laughs> and I don't want to do 13. Um, so bad. Uh, embarrassing Lions form. I'm going to go with 21 to 9. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it's going to be like the, the end of the, the first half is going to be like 6 to 7. And then... <laughs> The Lions are going to come out and they're going to take the lead nine to seven, and then the Bears are going to score two touchdowns and make the Lions look like it's. So it's basically just going to be Prater time. Yep. Prater time. Prater out there. Happy, happy, <laughs> happy Prater's giving. Kicks so, giving. Yeah. Kicks giving. Yeah, that's that's a better one. All right, and then the big one, the game, this Saturday. At noon on Fox, Michigan, the nine point underdog. So Ohio State is favored by nine points. The over under is 52. Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with. Uh, Ohio State, 31, and Michigan, 20. Okay. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. Kind of close to what I got. I have Ohio State, 35, Michigan, 17. Uh, so, yep. Uh, you know, I, I'm totally prepared and totally happy and totally okay with being wrong. But again, like that's that's the that's the thing. It's just like gotta show it. Now, now they've shown a lot of good things at the end of the season. A lot, a lot of good things going. But I mean, let's not pretend that Ohio State hasn't been doing well. So, but uh, they're perf- they're perfectly capable of doing it. Odds are not entirely or not very favorable to them, but let's just see if they get it done this year. Yep, like I said, prove me wrong, and I'll definitely be thrilled. Yeah. And I said earlier my outlook for the Lions season, the last few games here. Um, 
I looked at the last few games they got left. So they have the Bears on Thanksgiving, followed by the Vikings, the Buccaneers, the Broncos, and the Packers to finish it out. And, you know, I got them losing to the Bears. I think they're also going to lose to the Vikings. And this is where it's going to get interesting because, to me, this just becomes one of those typical Lions moments. So with those two losses in a row, they will drop down to 3-9-1, um, and one, which would put them in a favorable, favorable position to get a high draft pick and possibly take, you know, some quality defensive end, maybe even Chase Young that we're talking about. Um, but also in Lions fashion, I think they're going to win their last three games. I think they're going to beat the Buccaneers, beat the Broncos, which will be a really interesting game, at least for draft standpoint, because the Broncos right now are 3-8. and eight. So losing to the Broncos would really boost the Lions up in the draft. But I see the Lions beating them, and I see them also beating the Packers because the Packers will probably be resting guys like Aaron Rodgers. It'll be just like last year. The Lions will come out, they'll beat the Packers in a meaningless game, and then so many of you will say, oh, well, it's good because it'll give good like momentum for next year. There's no such thing as momentum for next year. Because what did that get us this year? This is a momentum not carry over to preseason. You just have to wait for the season. Hey, so man, they... if we had to wait for the season, we got that tie. So if we didn't, if we wouldn't have whooped the Packers in week 17 and um, dropped us down like three spots in the draft, uh, we would have lost the Cardinals instead of tied them. Exactly. <laughs> like at this point, the se- the season's done. They just have, you know, five games left. Yeah, honestly, like the Lions' season is is basically done. Honestly, take out most of the starters. Just take them out. Let let the backup people get experience and see who's worth keeping on like, holding on to, and just ro- rotate them yeah. in and out. Just yeah, yeah, that's kind of the way I feel. You know, play the young guys. Yeah, I, I like. I've never understood that. Like, I've never really followed other franchises that closely in the NFL, but uh, I totally agree with you where it seems like the lions love to screw themselves over when it comes to um, where they are in the draft. Oh, it's been that way forever. I remember my dad telling me that the lions were in line to getting a top one or two draft pick the year that OJ Simpson was coming out of college. Mm -hmm. And it was the rumor was that the lions wanted OJ because they didn't really have anything at running back at the time. And then they won a bunch of pointless games at the end of the season, screwed their, their draft position and the Buffalo bills ended up getting OJ. And then he went on to have a hall of fame career. And then everything that went on after that, but (laughs) yeah, that's a completely different story in a different podcast. (laughs) So the lions forced OJ to do that. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Just kidding. But, but right. yeah, I mean, the, I expect them to win those last three games. Uh, that'll probably like make them go from having like the number three pick in a draft to having like the number ten pick in a draft. <laughs> and they'll take another tight end next year. Uh, they'll draft someone that no one's ever heard of or something a kicker yeah (laughs) the darko milichet virgin of an nfl player i don't know i mean they drafted a long snapper one year so in like the sixth round fifth or sixth round because it makes sense oh yeah all right yeah that's like You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Lions are going to screw themselves. That's what we're here for, the hot takes. 
but uh, we we do appreciate you guys. It's it is Thanksgiving week. We we thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Um, we're we have fun and um, we just enjoy what we do. We have we have some interesting things that we're working on and preparing. Uh, we're finishing off this year like we're just keeping things as they are right now. We're gonna finish things off with this sports season, and then we've got some things that we're gonna discuss and we're gonna talk about on the in the episodes and everything too about like how we want to handle things because we've got the sports episodes and the non-sports episodes. So we wanna uh, we're gonna have some discussion and everything about how we're gonna move forward with the different content. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, close to the college football season. It's the game after the meal with the Turkey and the lines <laughs> losing. And so we hope you guys have a good holiday again. Hope you guys travel, uh, have safe travels. If you go around anywhere, um, and, uh, stay safe with all those crazy black Friday things and crazy nonsense. Uh, we will, connect with you again next week after it's all said and done and we will see what we have to say so until further notice and we see you after the fact we'll finish off with go blue go blue